Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the first season of SpongeBob SquarePants. All right, Ready Crew, uh, man, just an incredible amount of love and positive uh, uh, comments and and so many just good things that have come out of last week's episode. Um, so if you missed it, last week's episode was the launch, the start of a uh, sponsorship of a fan project called the SpongeBob SquarePants Movie Rehydrated. It's a bunch of fans coming together, making different art and assets for a recreation of the first SpongeBob movie. Um, so for the next year or so, I'll be interviewing a bunch of guests, uh, people who work on the project, other fans. And last week was the start of our of our first episode, the first episode that I actually interviewed somebody on the project. So all of a sudden, like after one day of it being out, the numbers were just exploding on this end. And just from then, I was just hearing everything positive I could have wanted to hear about it so for all those who turned out last week and are here this week I from the bottom of my heart thank you very much uh, because the the best thing that'll help make this show a success is by fans sharing things around to other people sharing the the project out to other people letting it know it exists it'll help both projects and 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 by all means like do whatever you can um, so this week we are checking out Squidward the Unfriendly Ghost, and I have on with me an animator on the project. He goes by the name Big G. So Big G and I talk uh, about growing up with different cartoons and how he first came across SpongeBob, which, spoiler alert, is the most adorable thing I think I'll hear in the next year. Um, so he is he is a true fan. He is a, he is a young animator, so um, I just loved being able to give him a platform to talk about what got him into the things he's into, the things he's creating, and all of the other stuff going on with the project. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode, and stay tuned to our YouTube channel where we have some new video-only content coming soon.
right, so this is um, this is the first time you and I are speaking. Uh, just like with uh, the Gons fam last week, I uh, you never, unless I've heard your voice before in like one of the voice channels on Discord, it's always a treat for me to um, see, listen, to, you know, for the first time hearing how someone sounds. So uh, welcome, Big G. I know you as Big G on Discord, but um, your name is is McGill. Thank you, McGill, for coming on the show. Thank you. Now, I, no you were problem. no, no. Uh, <laughs> you were a lot younger than than I expected. But honestly, for me, it's good because I'd like to ask you a question. Um, you said yeah. your your age earlier, and I'll keep that off. But uh, but when you were born, SpongeBob was already like a massive phenomenon. Do you remember a point when you were younger? where you maybe first came across Spongebob? Did you see him maybe in products before, or did you just come across the show? Uh, I actually have... Uh, I came out of the hospital with a Spongebob uh, baby onesie on. Really? Yeah. How special is that? That's incredible. Yeah, he's been a, a big part of my life. I've had, like... Um, like an educational game, watch him on TV back in uh, where I was living, Boston. Sorry, so you're originally, you, so you're from Boston. Yeah. Now, you, sorry, you, you said you came out of the hospital with a SpongeBob onesie. Does that mean that uh, mom or dad were, uh, were a SpongeBob fan, or did they just choose that as a, as a decent character to include in your life? Well, uh... Personally, I don't. Uh, no, I assume they just found like a cute onesie <laughs> online. Uh, I mean, that was. I, I guess is the same for my parents. My mom at first uh, had. She was really into Flipper as a kid, so uh, Flipper the dolphin. Probably, probably, way, definitely before your time. You probably have no idea, but there was a a show on TV about a about a dolphin called Flipper. So there was a lot of dolphins growing up, but then my mom kind of just swept me into the Sesame Street Barney type area until I started watching Nickelodeon, which I was born in 1990. So right when I was able to start kind of watching TV around like 94 and remember, I was like, I was already like right when the Nicktoons were really hitting, hitting it big, um, which is crazy. Have you ever now beyond SpongeBob, I'm sure you've been watching for as long as you can remember. Beyond Spongebob, have you ever checked out any of the other Nickelodeon shows that were, like, from the 90s, from the early 2000s? Six or seven, my sister showed me a show called The Rugrats. I thought it was okay. Uh, my dad, like, showed me one episode of Ren and Stimpy on Amazon. Oh, there you go. That's a that, that's a tough show to to start with sometimes just because I've I've had a few guests in my home and I'll you know they know of Ren and Stimpy but have never sat down and watched it. It's always it's one of those shows that it's kind of fun to put on just to see other people's reactions because if you get a, a certain episode on that has a lot of gross out humor, those up close shots of like snot and farts and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is a kid show and and you watch them go, what, really? This was on TV for children? Yeah, it's kind of outrageous of that. Uh, besides that, other Nicktoons that 
I like watched I watched a, a couple episodes of Rocco's Modern Life and Hey Arnold. There you go. Those are those are some classics right there. That's some stuff that holds up. Yeah, those were about all the Nicktoons that I've watched. Um I for most people that are going to be coming on the show, I I assume SpongeBob is their favorite, but it's always rude to assume. If you had to pick a favorite cartoon, you know, show, animated show, would you pick SpongeBob or do you have another one in mind? Oh, I pick SpongeBob like 100%. Uh my number 2 pick for second favorite animated show is The Amazing World of Gumball. Man, see, all right. Well, you know, I I have uh I've not had cable in my home for a couple of years now, just running internet streaming services. And when I did have cable before I, I moved out of my uh, parents' house, that's right when Gumball kind of started. And I thought it was I thought it was good. It definitely had a lot of humor. It had a very unique style. Um, but I definitely feel like I missed out on it because right when I moved out, I that was one of the shows I didn't keep up with. I think the only animated show that was still fresh on television that I was constantly watching was a regular show. Oh, yeah, and the later seasons... It got way more meta. That's probably why people like it so much and it's devoted such a fan base. Yeah, the the reason I fell in love with that show in particular was, and you, you already brought up Rocco, um, the, the one thing I love about Rocco is its adult humor. It's the jokes. There's probably jokes in there you have no idea of. Um, just for the fact that, like, not watching the whole show, but there was so many that they had to sneak by, and they were very creative, and I felt when I was watching regular show when it first debuted, it felt very adult, but also childish in tone. Like, they were able to slide in a lot of adult humor, and that was something I really appreciated. Yeah, I think that was, like, uh, the Renaissance era of Cartoon Network. Everybody liked the shows because, you know, it got a little bit more darker, mature TV PG rating. Yeah, they've certainly... I mean, I I wasn't watching, but at least I can say with Adventure Time, regular show, Gumball, um, Craig at the Creek, I know, is a big one that people like now, and uh, and trying to think of another Cartoon Network show that's big right now. Oh, Steven Universe, of course. All these shows really... Where they were hitting them out of the park, where Nickelodeon, I don't think, has had a. I know the Loud House is big, but it just feels like they haven't really had any other big hits in a while. Which I don't I even mean, watch the Loud House the, at all. Most of the reason they don't have big hits is uh, because they keep on moving the newer shows to the Nicktoons channel once they become popular because. One episode or several episodes had, like, under a million viewers. Now, is that something, because I've noticed that, too. Is that something that you realized on your own, or did you read that online? Uh, I watched uh, Veilskibum 94's uh, videos. Oh, look at this. Another Veilskibum fan. I just talked about him, how uh, he helped bring me to the project, which is... It's a really interesting segue here because, you know, now we're now we're on to the, the project here, the SpongeBob movie Rehydrated. How did you become involved with this project? Because you are you are an animator on this, right? Yeah. I mean I wouldn't call like Minecraft scenes like animation like drawing, but 
Well, it's different formats. It's not a. It's. I wouldn't say it's traditional in the sense, but it's still, you know, it's it's bringing up, you know, something to life. You you are still creating something, and uh, so yeah, I was I was going to bring that up that the uh, at least the scene you you shared with me it is based in Minecraft. Is that something you've been doing for a while? Uh, no, I think it was just for this project. Uh, I asked my friend, uh, hey, can you film this for me? Because my computer, it's, uh, it's not that good. And I don't have uh, an editing software. So, yeah, he filmed it for me. We did one take, and then someone got me an editing software. So I edited it. And how I came to the project is a little bit like yours. I, I came here from Vales to Give Him 94 as well. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you saw that video and it had all the, you know, the Discord and all the information. Um, when you first joined, because I'm, I'm just guessing you joined the Discord first, correct? Yeah. Uh, did you, at that moment, you're in the Discord, did you know where to go? Did you have an idea, like, I, I want to help animate? A part of the movie and did you just head over to that section or did it take a little bit so i clicked on the discord and first of all i read the rules and the collaboration info very good through all the channels you know see where everything is then uh, i asked an admin uh if i could have a scene and they said yes uh keep in mind at this time i was 12 and I did not know Discord had a, a 13 and up rule. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I didn't even know that myself. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so that, at that point, uh, my scene had already gone through. Then I was like... So then it came up in a conversation like, how old are you? Well, I can't tell, I'm not going to tell a lie, so I told them I was 12. They kicked me out of the server, but they kept my scene. They said, hey, you can join back when you're 13. Turn 13, June 20th, back in the server. Things are going good. Well, happy birthday. Welcome, Mr. Teenager here. Um, when you uh, When you signed up, did they give you what scene to do they were like hey do uh and and we don't want to spoil it for anybody uh but did they did they hand you that scene that you showed me was that something or did you request that oh i requested that i just went out to the google documents started downloading a bunch of scenes and looking at them and see you know what's an influential scene that hasselhoff scene you know it's it's a great part of the movie has some comic relief that people like so yeah, I think I'll do that. <laughs> it is, it is, and and the that's the wonderful thing about this project is when you get so many creative people involved who are going to come up with their own ideas. You know, there there are hosts for this project, but none of them are telling anyone, "Hey, you should do this animation style. You should do this." So the fact that at some point in this movie there's going to be some Minecraft was super super fun to me because I love. Minecraft animation. I've seen a few of them. I, I've always... I, who doesn't really love Minecraft? I feel like the only people who don't like Minecraft haven't really played it and got into it. Um, but it's such an interesting style, and, and I, I personally love it, so I'm so glad that, that's, that you were able to help bring that into the project. 
Yeah, another reason I only came to the collaboration is when I was like, oh, cool, it's a reanimated collab, like you know, Shrek Retold. But then, Vales even showed a poster that showed a bunch of different animation styles, and like, I could do this. See, there you go. It's It starts somewhere. And you don't yeah. even necessarily, because you had mentioned this is the first time you even really edited something, correct? Like anything video-wise? Uh, yes, because one of the admins gave me the editing software, specifically Ketsubi. So, thanks, thanks Ketsubi. Oh, there you go. Uh, and of course, I mean, uh, editing is always very... I've edited so many projects, uh, video projects from high school, college... Um, I used to use Pinnacle and then iMovie and uh, and then just fell in love with Final Cut. Um, did you find it? I mean, this is your first time editing something. Did you find it enjoyable? Did you enjoy that part of the process, like, at all? Well, it was okay. The editing software, it was, like, a really good top-tier editing software, and I still have it, but it kept crashing every 10 minutes, meaning... When I wanted to do the scene, that was already eight hours ago before I submitted the scene. I, I, I worked on the scene for eight hours. Oh, my goodness. It took you that long. That's impressive. Yeah. I don't, um, I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, when I joined, I obviously, I love, I love animation, and I would love to have a scene, but, um... Even something, even doing something in Minecraft would be one of those moments that I would I would need to take five minutes to go like how how am I even going to do this? So it's really impressive that you were able to get that done. You're able to do it, even if it seemed maybe easier for you. I'm just like I'm very impressed by it. So by all means, I mean keep keep that up. Is that something? Minecraft animations, is that something you would like to keep doing? Do you see yourself kind of kind of keep doing that, or is this just it? Well, it's kind of a, kind of a one-time thing, because, you know, my friend, I don't know, like, his uh, schedule, and uh, I'd need to think up, like, some really creative ideas, like movie scenes in Minecraft that could be done, but... Those camera shots. Yeah, getting those specific camera shots because the, the one the one you have you you have that shot perfect, almost one to one is what I you know right from the movie. Um, so I mean, shout out to your friend though for helping you out there, because literally I look there's so many projects of mine. This is the only one. This podcast is the only one I've done completely just on my own. Um, I've had some help here and there as as far as uh, ideas and whatnot, but just from the day-to-day -day stuff, but every other project before this has always been two or three hands on it, friends-wise, people I trusted. Uh, they're always good to have, you know, especially in a creative sense, because uh, a good friend will always be there for you to help out. Yeah, uh, uh, so I, I thought I was, like, the only person who made a Minecraft scene, but... The same day, someone else posted a Minecraft scene, and I'd like to shout out uh, MK Panda from the Rehydrated Discord. He posted a scene with like uh, nine, uh, nine players with uh, like two perfect camera shots and a really good build.
So oh. it seems like that would have taken like 16 hours. Awesome. Well, I, I, I honestly can't wait to see that too. Um, of course, helping helping a friend is it's. Trust me, none of these segues were planned. They just happen to be perfect. I don't act like a, <laughs> I always pull the curtain back anytime I can. But uh, helping a friend is a is a very good um, kind of emphasis of this episode that we're going to watch today, which is uh, Squidward the Unfriendly Ghost. Uh, this episode, Season 1 episode, uh, the second part of Episode 11, first premiered October 2nd, 1999. Definitely a, a while before you were born. Did you ever catch this episode on television or any of the other Season 1 episodes? Uh, this episode, uh... I might have watched it on uh, Showbox when that was a thing, or TV, because Nickelodeon and their episode schedule, a rare episode you can find is like The Paper and Valentine's Day. That doesn't happen very like, often. often. No. Yeah, no. they mostly show season six, uh, maybe some season fives or fours or threes, you know, if the schedule is good. Because I've seen, like, one episode, like, multiple times with this very long intro. Uh, I can't remember the name. I, no, it was the Krusty Sponge. That I've seen that multi multiple times. Well, you think with the amount of times they air SpongeBob in a day on, on Nickelodeon, they would probably be able to cycle through a few seasons in, like, two or three days. Well, they were planning to do that with the all-day marathon, but the marathon fell short, so they canceled it. I, I I wish at least once a year they would do that. Um, I love I always love those kind of events where they always go nonstop, twenty-four hours. They the first time I know they did it is when they first premiered the best day ever. They had a full like six. Um, I think it was like twenty-six hour marathon. Of of SpongeBob episodes, and it wasn't all of them. It was like a countdown. I think of the top 100, um, and then it all culminated with the best day ever. And then they aired the the first movie for I think the first time on television, um, and that was that was a really fun event. I mean, even though most of those episodes I saw, it was kind of fun to stay up late and you know be watching SpongeBob at 3 a.m. Even though I have the DVDs and could do that at the time, it was still I don't know the fact that it's on television at like 3 a.m. was always it was always kind of fun. Yeah. Um, all right, so the episode today, one of the biggest things about this uh, is that we actually have the debut of the Flying Dutchman. Um, he is obviously not in person. We actually just see pictures of him uh, based off of SpongeBob's comic. Um, but he has always been one of my favorite characters of the show, so... Uh, I completely had forgot that when I went and looked it up. I was like, "Oh my God, Flying Dutchman is the is in this episode for the first time." So that's a that's a big moment. Um, so before we start the episode, we're gonna take a bit of a break, and then we'll be right back. Two thousand years later, and we're back. All right. Um, so we have the episode Squidward the Unfriendly Ghost at the ready. Um, just to re-clarify, this episode debuted all the way back on October 2nd, 1999. Uh, it was written by Sherm Cohen, Aaron Singer, and Peter Burns, with uh, 
Aaron Springer Sherm, uh, doing the storyboard artist. He was the artist for the storyboard. The storyboard was done by Sherm Cohen. The animation was done by Fred Miller. And, of course, Derek Dryman, our good pal there, was on the creative end. Uh, so if everybody wants to watch along with us, by all means, we have, uh, we're both, uh, both us, both of us have uh, Amazon Prime, luckily, so we're both, we have access to it, and if you want to play it now. All right, this is, um, this is interesting. This is the actual first episode of the show to include uh, Squidward in the title. It was actually the first time it was, it was named for him. Um, and of course, the entire show opens up here with Squidward working with Clay um, of some sort. Have you ever used Clay in school? Have they ever introduced that in any sort of art classes for you? Well, I've molded clay. My dad has some architecture clay. So, you know, yeah. Oh, so you've you've been around it. Um, I've always enjoyed making yeah. things out of clay, but I it's something that I, I'd like to be better at someday, especially on that level of Squidward, uh, making a life-size recreation of himself in clay. Um, so SpongeBob there saying G7, uh, a, a C minor seventh chord is actually played on a ukulele right when he says that. So it was actually a, a little, little interesting musical joke for those, uh, music aficionados out there. Um, oh yeah, I like this, uh, gag, uh, Patrick and the watch. Having a watch and then dumping out the, uh, the bubbles, the bubble soap. Um, now, clearly the game that SpongeBob and Patrick there were playing was something just completely weird and created. Do you ever remember a time playing with friends, either at school or outside of school, where you just created your own game that just maybe didn't even make sense? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I don't know. I, I have a few vague memories of a, of a few, like, outside in the woods games of... of You'd, you'd almost take, like, variations of other games. Like, it's hide-and-seek, but it's also capture the flag at the same time, and you throw in, like, two or three other rules, and then it's its own thing. You play it once or twice, and then that's it. It just loses itself in time. Um, uh, kind of like chess boxing. Oh, absolutely. This is interesting because we did have a, a previous episode, uh, Naughty Nautical Neighbors, in which Patrick gives Squidward CPR. So it's a nice, interesting callback a few episodes later where Patrick remembers, oh, you know, I know what to do here. I know how to save his life. But, uh, but of course, it's a giant clay statue um, that then proceeds to melt in the sun, which is just incredible and in how fast you'd think Squidward would be, uh, would be working with something a little bit more stronger. Yeah, then Patrick goes brain dead for a bit. <laughs> Um, man, I mean, just the idea, this, this is one of my favorite season one episodes because I feel like just the, the writers, whoever came up with this initial idea of SpongeBob and Patrick accidentally uh, thinking they accidentally harmed Squidward and then having to deal with his ghost is so creative. Uh, it's something that I feel like that kind of creativity was really present throughout the next two seasons, but in season one, this was a really kind of out there episode. Yeah. Have you watched a lot? I mean, so I mentioned if you had seen this episode before on TV or anything, but did you 
have you seen a lot of the first season of SpongeBob where things were kind of slowed down a little bit more um, story oriented instead of just gags? I've actually watched uh, every single episode of the show. Oh, you have. All right. Hey, look, you've watched more than I have, because even though I've been a fan for for 20 years, there was a lot of episodes I missed out on of later seasons. Uh, yeah, I'd hear uh, about the bad they're... ones, like the splinter, and then I'd watch it and go, okay, this is what they're currently doing? This is not fun. <laughs> and then it would make uh, me not want to watch them. Yeah, so far the modern seasons, they're getting better. Yeah, certainly, certainly once I heard uh, they, that they got Steven Hillenburg back for the, for the second movie and that he was going to come back to the show in some capacity, I started getting a little bit more hopeful that maybe that that initial charm that was present for these first three seasons would come back and i've i've heard good things i'm just um waiting to watch those episodes for this show essentially like i, I don't want to have to go watch all these episodes and then rewatch them again i'd kind of like to get my first impressions on the on the podcast which would be a bit important so we have a a bit of an art joke here and this may sound boring for you i had to look all this up uh here we go we have the fish painting toulouse lautrec if you don't get that joke (laughs) it is a it is a um there's a famous poster that was made for a uh a stage show basically uh, of can can dancing Mm -hmm. um and it was called, it was from uh, Mademoiselle Agalante's group, her troupe there. So they went to this famous artist who, his name is Henry de Toulouse-Lautrec, to paint this poster, to advertise for this for this, uh, this stage show, essentially. So that's... Oh, so the, they were referencing his name. Yeah, so they were referencing to to his his last name is Toulouse Lautrec, so Toulouse Lautrec, uh, right there, and the the fish heads rep- uh, replaced the human heads of his painting there. Um, but it was interesting to go down. I mean, as a kid, I I recognized the painting because I um, the art teachers I grew up with were very much into like I'm you know. Uh, they they showed a lot of art history, so I had seen that poster, but uh, never knew the reference or anything until honestly researching this episode. I was like, "All right, hey, I'll I'll go down that rabbit hole." Yeah, right here, I think uh, Squidward gets like uh, a little too. He's advantage. He's in advantage, like taking advantage of SpongeBob right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the one thing that always bothered me is SpongeBob not being able to play music with the tissue paper, but then later I mean, he on, he did it in the paper. And yeah, he does it in the paper. He plays beautiful music with a piece of paper. Uh, but I guess when someone else, it's only when he really wants to do it is he able to do it. Um, yeah. What's interesting? This episode was was briefly seen in the 2019 remake of Pet Cemetery. Uh which is it's it, the the scene they use the part is when he gets out of the shower and he finds his his wax sculpture deformed that's what he was using wax not clay um yes yeah, so wax it completely makes sense on on not wanting to work with that in heat because it will melt um 
Clancy Brown, though, who voices Mr. Krabs, uh, was actually an actor in in the original Pet Cemetery 2 as the the sheriff. So I thought that was kind of funny, a little little kind of going full circle there. Yeah, this uh, wallpaper, that's good. It, it, it's one of my favorite gags of the entire of the entire series is is ripping off the wallpaper. Uh, and here we have our debut of the Flying Dutchman. Um, and as far as I know, it's completely canon as to that's what happened to his body, is that it's still sitting in the window storefront being used to advertise clothing. I, I, as far as I know, yeah. in future episodes, they've never gotten to that gag. But man, I'm waiting for an episode where they actually pass by a clothing store and just his body is just standing there. Yeah. And here we have SpongeBob and Patrick trying to put Squidward to rest. Yeah, because they, he thinks she's like a spiteful ghost. Yeah, that he doesn't want to go, which um, which is what a lot of people feel like like ghosts are, I guess. And there's there's no we don't have an answer because they. I've seen enough videos to assume that there, there is paranormal activity that exists in our world, but it's very hard. I mean, very hard. It's almost impossible to know what, what designates one person to staying in an area and kind of going through the motions. And there's a lot of weird questions when it comes to ghosts, but I wonder if that is a thing where if somebody just is so angry and they just don't want to move on, their spirit stays on this, on this earth. I don't know. Uh, here we have the jaw dropping moment where SpongeBob finds out he's bald. And that SpongeBob starts a lifelong mission to point out everybody who's bald. Of course, then ending up all the way with Mr. King Neptune there. And yeah. I don't know. I just it's one of those things that I'd like to ask SpongeBob before that moment. Like, did you think Squidward had hair or did you just not know what bald was until he took off a hat? Well, he's bald and Patrick's bald, so well, and of course, we got a nice little cameo there by Mr. Krabs and Sandy, uh, the part of the mourners coming to uh, send off Squidward. Yeah. Uh, super weird that they dug his grave right in the front yard. You would think they would do that in the backyard, at least. Yeah, because that's uh, some various... Oh, yes, this was the uh, either the first or second... I think it was the second wipe transition in the whole series. Oh, that's interesting. Definitely, definitely something they they don't use that often, but it's always one of those techniques I like to see. Yeah, the only reason they use that, uh, the, the I don't know why they use that. <laughs> well, it's it's one of those techniques that in in editing, when you have to go from one scene to another, it's just always there. Like, hey, do you want to use this or or not? Uh, and of course, we see Squidward right going outside of Bikini Atoll. And then he's in a better place. He's being... Uh, this might have been the first time they used a live-action scene in the show. Like that. Like footage of seagulls. But, uh... Yeah, maybe. I always loved when they do when they do animation uh, changes like that. It's always fun. So that was Squidward the Unfriendly Ghost. Uh, a very creative 
episode of SpongeBob, one of one of my favorites of season one, probably would would make the top five. Um, I love the gags in the episode. I love just the the misunderstanding. And even when Squidward comes out and announces, "Hey, I was lying to you," SpongeBob and Patrick don't don't run with that. They don't go, "Okay, fine." They just still continue thinking, "Oh man, he's just an angry ghost." Yeah, uh, I correct correct myself on this one. It was actually the first wipe transition. The next one was in episode thirteen. I was a teenage Gary. There we go. Hey, it's no problem. Um, I always I always appreciate someone who's willing to correct themselves because I I do the same. Um, wh- what did you think about the episode? Do you do you necessarily like this one? Do you love it? Is it one of your one of the, your favorites of the first season? No, I say it's a. Uh... It's a good episode for season one, but my favorite episode of the entire series has to be the snowball effect. That, I would not say you're wrong on that. That's got to be another another big one there. Um, so yeah, the one thing I do want to mention, just because I didn't last time, is if you want to follow any of the updates or anything for the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, Rehydrated, please head over to their Twitter account. It's at SB Rehydrated. Uh, that's where you're going to find out any of the updates, any of the information having to do with the with the collab moving forward. Um, I I am super excited to see more of the progress on this on this project. And uh, I cannot wait to see the final uh, project, and especially your scene. Um, Definitely one of the better ones I've seen so far. Uh, So thank you very much uh, for coming on the show. No problem. And uh, and by all means, please keep up the keep up the good work. Stay creative. Stay stay busy. Thank you. You're welcome. 